you have an inquisitive mind? Where do you go for answers? Imagine if the natural world held an answer to every question. Welcome to the Flowerhood Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Frankfurt. I'm on an orchard growing avocados and there's something going on. The more time I spend in nature, the more I learn about myself. Is it possible that until we connect with nature, we never truly flourish in our relationships, community, businesses or health? Oh boy, this is no ordinary gardening podcast. Join me at my kitchen table for wide and varied conversations with old and new friends from around the world. I'll be asking questions on how they connect with nature, what the research shows us, and look for ways we can incorporate these learnings into our lives. Let's get started. Kiara, welcome to the Flowerhood Podcast, episode 22. Hey, this is a special podcast for me as it's one year ago this week that I was on a road trip driving around the South Island of New Zealand, listening to Michelle Sorrow's Fire and Soul podcast. And she mentioned at the end of the episode that she would be taking enrollments for a podcast accelerator course that she presents alongside Ginny from Ginny Media, who is actually a podcast producer extraordinaire. A course that taught you everything you needed to know on how to get a podcast up, running, off the ground. And I kind of thought, huh, well, that sounds interesting. And the seed was planted. And I kind of thought about it over the next couple of weeks and chewed the idea around in my brain. Hmm, so perhaps, just perhaps I could do that course. Of course, as an intellectual pursuit, <laughs> just to learn, you know, the facts about podcasting and how to produce one, not actually to make a podcast, just to become familiar with how it runs. You know, I was sort of interested in, in the setup of it. Well, I committed and I took that course. And here I am today and I'm talking to you and this is episode 22, 22. I never even thought I would actually make a podcast at all. So um, it's a really special moment, and I will never, ever regret taking that action. So look, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes and encourage you all, if you have the slightest interest to take a leap of faith and commit to doing what's a really amazing course. And it doesn't matter if you've got no idea what you want to do your podcast about, because there are a lot of us who didn't, and that kind of develops as you're doing the course. But look, it's just a fantastic way to learn a new skill and, and also a new way of thinking. I mean, I really believe that everybody has a voice and everybody has something to say. There can never be enough podcasts in this world, because your individual, your view is your view. No one else sees the world the way you do. Now, when I took this course, it created one big great load of discomfort because putting your voice out to the world, well, it's kind of a catalyst for that monkey mind to go wild and take over. You know that voice, that one that kind of like screams in your head, don't do it, what's people going to think? Who are you to have a voice? You're not qualified. You don't have the resources. It's the wrong time in your life to do this. 
you're too old, you're too young. Do it when you've got things sorted out. Do it when you're together. Do it when you've got something to say. Do it, yeah, when you have the whole act together. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Sometimes our minds are groveling around in the weeds. And I'm going to talk about that a bit later in today's podcast. But first, let me catch you up on what I've been up to. So over the last fortnight, orchard work. Yes, here in New Zealand on the avocado orchard, the new crop is, I guess it's about the size of a a large golf ball and it's hanging on the trees. And then I've also got a few of last year's crop hanging on the trees. And these are delicious at this time of year because the longer the avocado stays, on the tree, the higher the oil content gets. So it becomes creamier. That's why sometimes it's called poor man's butter, because it just becomes almost like a spread of butter that you can pop on your toast. So they hang on the trees here about seven to eight months before they finally drop of their own own accord. The longer they stay on the tree, the higher the oil content. And that's kind of like when you buy an avocado in the shop at the beginning of the season, they can taste quite bland and watery. And that's just because that oil content hasn't developed. So with the new crop that's going to be ready around October 2021, there is actually at the moment natural fruit drop happening. So the tree rejects things that really, I guess it feels are not going to have a chance to produce a really good quality fruit. It naturally culls the weak fruit. So it's kind of interesting. So it can then put all its energy into producing the fruit that can see the distance and ultimately go on to produce new life. So it's late summer and there's those kind of small signs that autumn is around the corner. So I was walking under the trees earlier, early morning this week, and I noticed for the first time a really heavy dew on the ground. And I was like, ah, first sign of change. Now dew is always welcome, especially when you've had the succession of really hot, dry days, because the dew evaporates before the plant starts its own kind of natural transpiration process. So it kind of keeps the plant a bit cooler for longer, not losing as much water, gives it less stress. Yeah, kind of really just allows it to hang on to its natural waters longer. So the dew, it kind of forms on the surface of leaves as they are cooler than the warm moisture that's in the heavy air around. And I guess up to now, well, we've been having really warm nights. So it's not until the drop in temperature in the evening air that you find the dew process starts to happen. So cooler air is less able to hang on to humidity. And then that condensation, well, the condensation kind of exceeds evaporation. So the condensation is formed when the the gas turns to a liquid. And with that cooler air at night, the moisture has to go somewhere. And it's kind of like the mirror in your bathroom after a shower. You know, you get the water droplets forming on the cooler surface. What I kind of find interesting is that we're having more extreme temperatures around the world. We all know this, right? And we know that plants are suffering from drought conditions. 
perhaps it's about time that we look at Jew and its role in helping as a protection and as a support, a supplementary water source. I mean, what ways can we protect the environment so that dew can form? You know, when you go around chopping down trees, moving and destroying natural earth structures, all these things change the environment and they change the wind patterns. They raise the temperatures. So for dew to form, it can't be too windy. If it's too windy, what happens is those real strong winds mix the layers of air and that destroys that heavy humidity water-laden layer of air because it just kind of gets mixed into everything. So dew protects the existing plants from drought conditions. It helps. And then it also helps with germination of some seeds. Kind of like makes me think because we live in such a fine balance when it comes to our environment. If we destroy certain parts of our ecosystem, the knock-on effect is one of the disruptions across the plant and animal kingdom. Anyway, it's just something to think about. Oh, and there's something else to think about. Well, this is a little bit left field, but I'm going to throw it in there because it's kind of interesting if you play golf. So as well as water droplets forming from temperature changes, you know, the condensation that forms on, on the, the, say, like the grass. There's also something called gutation. And it's when we cut plants and allow the plant to release sugars and, and amino acids. And if you think about, like, the green, you know, that you go and play your golf on, you know, it's perfectly mown the day before. And so you're heading out in the morning for an early round of golf. And along with dew, you'll also sometimes have gutation droplets, but they're kind of bigger than the water condensation droplets, so that's the difference. Now, it's okay playing while the grass is a bit wet, but as the dew evaporates, your ball starts to feel sticky. And this is actually from the sugar in the gutation. So how about that? It's kind of like a, just a real geeky little fact. <laughs> so what else is happening around my orchard? Well, I've got a lot of fungi showing up, and I love fungi. And if you've heard any of my other podcasts, you know that I had this, this kind of like thing about fungi. Early morning, and at the moment, there's these silvery white toadstools pushing up through the orchard floor, and it's like a kind of fairyland. They've all disappeared by mid-morning. Quite an incredible sight. And fungi are neither plants or animals. Pretty fascinating. And there's about 22,000 species here in New Zealand. And most of the time, it's invisible to the human eye until they kind of create these temporary fruiting bodies. That's what you're seeing a pair, you know, like the toadstools and the mushrooms. I'm not sure if you remember, but at the beginning of the podcast, I did mention I was going to talk about weeds, and I haven't forgotten that. So here's my kind of final observation for the week, and it's around weeds and pumpkins. And this is what I want to share with you. I have these beautiful vegetable boxes. They're above ground, they're thigh height. I've always wanted them. They're made of macrocarpal wood that I actually had milled on site at the orchard. Because a few years back when I first bought the orchard, there was this row of shelter belt trees that ran through the centre of the orchard. And the shelter belt was so high that the morning light 
was blocked from the trees on the west. And then the afternoon sunlight was blocked from the trees on the east of the Shoutabout. Now, avocados need at least a couple of hours of constant solid sunlight every single day falling on the leaf in order to create the maximum photosynthesis. So without sunlight falling on the leaf at a certain intensity of life, light, the tree is unable to convert the sunlight energy into the chemical energy which helps to convert the water and the CO2 and the minerals into the oxygen that the tree needs and the energy-rich compounds. And all those things which are vital for producing the fruit, the leaf, and a healthy root system. So avocado orchardists are always trying to you know, bring in as much light as possible, and mainly through pruning and making sure that trees aren't overcrowded or one tree isn't shadowing another tree. So in my case, I just like had to get rid of the shout about it. It was kind of a nutty thing to have. So the wood from the trees has been used throughout the orchard, so it's been put to great use. Lots of building projects, including my vegetable boxes, which are a great example. Then I lined the boxes and I filled them with really good soil. But here's the rub. They produced okay plants. Not great vegetables, but just kind of okay vegetables. In contrast, though, I have on the other side of a shed in the carport a great big patch of weeds. And they're completely wild. Some of them are like eye height. And it's a real bombsite. It's unkempt, unloved. The soil's pretty good, and there's some mulch that went down there a year or two ago. It's probably why the weeds are actually doing so well. But within this bomb site, I discovered last week that I am growing massive, healthy pumpkins. So these are like seeds that I just scattered, unloved, left to fend for themselves. And it really got me thinking about that analogy and how that shows up in life. So through adversity, we often grow and develop. I mean, haven't you found that when conditions are more what we kind of call optimal, manicured, controlled, we actually sometimes struggle to make headway, make massive leaps? Everything's okay. There's kind of no extreme. It's sort of vanilla and comfortable. And then I was looking back and I was thinking about those real life lessons that I've learned, those really big lessons. And it's always been amongst the bloody weeds. It's when life has sent me the curveball, when I felt like there's wave upon wave of problems, when the going gets really tough. I look back at those times and I realize that that's where I have done my biggest growth. And boy, it seldom felt like it at the time when you're in it. I, I felt like a struggle. It, well, and I'd even try and fight the reality of it by sort of thinking in my head thoughts that, you know, it shouldn't be this hard. It's not fair. I would wonder if I was going to make it. You know, don't you find like when you're in the weeds, when you're in that situation, you actually don't see the progress that you're making. And it's probably because the weeds are higher than 
the foundation that you're actually putting down. But we are building muscle and we're building resilience. So rather than that kind of why me, well, why not? Why not me? And Tony Robbins always gets you to ask that question. What say life was happening for me, not to me? What say life was happening for me, not to me? And just that question alone, we change our focus. We turn away from that victim mentality and turn towards a growth mentality, a possibility mentality. And it's kind of in the same vein as what Byron Katie talks about, that life is simple. Everything happens for you, not to you. Everything happens at exactly the right moment, neither too soon nor too late. You don't have to like it. It's just easier if you do. You don't have to like it. It's just easier if you do. And those pumpkins, those massive pumpkins, they're growing every day. And for a good while, I didn't even know they were there because the weeds were too high. If they were in those manicured vegetable boxes, would they be the same? No, they wouldn't. Because it's the very nature of the environment, the struggle, the search for light, the competition with the weeds. That's what created those pumpkins, those massive pumpkins to grow every day. (laughs) They had bigger leaves, taller stems. They reached up. They reached down. They anchored themselves into the earth. The roots spent a long time burrowing down, creating a foundation finding the nutrients that they needed. They've used the very obstacles around them to lift themselves up. And I mean that literally as they started to entwine up the posts of the carport (laughs) in search for more light. They've climbed over the pathways. They are greater than the obstacle. They are greater than the adversity they face and they are stronger for their challenge. And I believe the same is true. For you and I, what if every time you hit a road bump, a mound, a hill, a mountain, because let's face it, these come thick and fast as we get older. I mean, our parents age, we face mortality, we face health issues, we lose dear friends, lovers, family members, our jobs come and go. Life is always changing. There is uncertainty around every corner. The stock markets rise and fall and there's like leaders coming and going. But the one constant in life is that there is no constant. We're on a moving wave and it's an unstable environment. And you know what? And I think about my trainer at the gym and he's a good trainer. And he always tells me to work on an unstable environment because that's what kicks in those little muscles, giving them a workout, strengthening them, training them to activate when needed. So when things are rocky and you can still remain solid and centered, that's when you've got it together. So let's not kid ourselves. Our internal environments change. Our emotional environments change. Our external environments change. Why not start using the change. Embrace the change. Don't deny it. Make it the thing that makes you stronger. 
when we find ourselves amongst the weeds, hold a belief, hold a belief, even if you can't see the sunlight at that point, hold a belief that you're going to get stronger. What can you learn from this? How can you grow? What can you give back? Of course, I would prefer life to be without the harsh realities. You know, I think of being with my dad during the last year of his life, those moments of feeling helpless as he suffered painfully. Being with someone as they suffer. There's a point where you kind of feel like you can't see over the weeds, but you've got to trust in the process. And on the other side of all that, on the other side of that suffering, there was growth. And for me, I mean, yeah, for me, it was a lesson in having empathy. I know that I went through that, and that now allows me to hold a space for others who are going through that, going through loss. So this is not something you learn from a textbook. And it's not something you learn from a manicured life. You learn the lesson when you feel the pain, when you have the sorrow, when there's the struggle, the helplessness, the fear, the acceptance of the arc of the emotions. You learn it, you live through it, you understand it, and you in return are given a depth to your soul and understanding. And it's because of the mess, because of the weeds. I don't think I would ever trade that. So I'm guessing you're listening to this in 2021, and I know you will have been through your own struggle in the last 12 months. You've lost family, you've lost income, you've lost business possibly. You may have had changes in your close relationships, your family, your friends, your location. And perhaps, you know, perhaps it was a mental struggle for you, or it was an emotional struggle, or it was a financial struggle, or it was a physical struggle. What can you learn from it? How can you grow? And what can you give back? You're here listening to this podcast and you're alive. And that struggle has given you strength. It's given you a unique opportunity to take the fruit, the learning, the knowledge, and pass it on to someone who may be at the beginning of their struggle. Someone who needs, might be just simply a kind word, an acknowledgement that you understand that you've been there too. Maybe just that you tell them that you've got this. You may not feel like it, friend, but I know you will come through the stronger, more resilient, and ready to take a giant step forward. My heartfelt thanks for listening all the way to the end of this Flowerhood podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the show, like and review it on your favourite player. Be part of the greater Flowerhood community. Join the Flowerhood Facebook group and find show notes and information at flowerhood.com. I can't wait to share the next episode. Until then, hey, why not stop and smell the roses?